0: Hey, Bessie. You know, we we all have, like, a ton of stuff, right? Most of us do. We have a ton of stuff that just sits for years or months, and it drives you nuts just seeing it just sitting there, and it's not getting any use, right? So what do you do to get rid of that stuff, right? You could throw it away, or you could possibly give it away to somebody you know or sell it right so what's the best place to sell that stuff most people you know go on facebook or they maybe use craigslist like i said i don't know if craigslist is still a thing these days but if it's racing related where do you go You go to racingjunk.com. You can buy stuff there, sell stuff there, whatever your heart desires, they've got it. And you can start for free. Literally, you can start with a free account. You don't have to pay. They do have paid tiers, but you can start for free. So once again, go to racingjunk.com. And fill out your profile and start listing stuff because we've got to downsize, right? Whenever we got to get rid of things that we don't use. And if it's racing parts or haulers or a new car or trying to get rid of an old car that's been sitting in your backyard for God knows how long. Um, whatever it may be go to RacingJunk.com and they are the official classified for Race Wife Unfiltered Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys, welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill. And today we have a special guest with us. She's an aspiring race car driver. She's also the author of The Beautiful List, uh, a recovering perfectionist, which I can relate to. Um, and uh, she's also a mama three. So welcome, Christine Virgin. Hi, Christine hi rachel i'm like so
1: excited to be here thanks for having me
0: yeah no thank you for um wanting to be on here and share your story um you know I'm, i'm glad you were able to take time out of your schedule to be on here so you can so you can you know let people know who you are and and everything that you do awesome
1: thank you yeah i love to inspire especially younger girls and women to you know go for it in this sport as someone who hasn't you know never started in it until I was basically 40. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and obviously with you starting, you know, um not like as a kid when you were little or anything like that, um I think that that's an interesting thing that you were just like all of a sudden at 40 like hey, I'm going to jump into a race car, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> yeah it was kind of a no-brainer when the opportunity presented itself right through uh like an organization my husband is in they um there was a an event at my local track at summit point motorsports park and uh it was a spec miata and uh, you know greg had said do you, are you interested in in doing this and i said yeah uh i'd love to try it and then you know that was the start of this whole process of tracking because i honestly didn't even know it was something you could go do before i went to go do it i i would never have known how to even get into the sport and so that day pretty much changed my life
0: yeah um the fact that you were just like hey i'm gonna go do this you know and just try it out and see what happens um you know just taking that risk on you know for yourself um, so, you know, something that you've never done and it was out of your comfort zone. So, yeah, not only was it out of my comfort zone, I had
1: only been out of a cast on my right foot for two weeks after having my ankle reconstructed. And so, you know, I had just started PT to be able to point my toes again. <laughs> um, and I, I basically begged my surgeon. I was like, you know, the PT I'm doing right now is just pointing and, flexing and pointing and flexing, which is the same thing as accelerating and breaking so I can go do this, right? And he just sort of stared me down and was like, I, I can't stop you, can I? And I said, No, no, you can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because so like my husband, he got um, he got like hurt on a motorcycle um, at a track oh, no. on a track day one time and he ended up breaking his collarbone. And so he oh, goes no. to the emergency room. And the doctor was like, asking obviously how this happened. And he told him. and he's like, Well, maybe you need to get rid of, you know, bikes and you know, your race car because you know, obviously he had a race car too at that time because obviously you're living li- living a very dangerous life. And instead of my husband actually saying something about it i said something about it i'm like yeah that's never gonna happen he's gonna be back on that track or back in the race car with the cast on if he truly could i'm like yeah yeah no um you know like they they put him in a sling and i'm like if he could find a way to drive the race car with a sling on he'd do it i'm like that's not gonna stop him it'll it will keep him out of the car for you know, a little while, but mm. that's not going to happen. And so like, so yeah, like I totally get where you're coming from. Cause it's like, yeah, why not use that as physical therapy?
1: <laughs> and I did, I mean, yeah. it was fine. And I didn't, obviously I didn't, for me on your first day at the track, it's never, you're never going to be at 10 tenths, right? Yeah, I was, I was a nervous wreck. I was nauseated all day and just had to fight through that because I was scared. It's scary. Oh yeah. Um but it was also so much fun at the same time. So it was like this juxtaposition of being afraid but having like knowing it was I was better off if I just powered through that than yeah. letting that fear keep me from doing this really cool and fun thing.
0: Right. So. Um and I love that you said that because it's like you let you didn't let fear consume you. Um, to the nope. point where you you know you backed away from something you truly wanted to do, um, and honestly, you that's relatable in like any situation because like we are, t- because if you think about it, we're all afraid of something, no matter what it is. Oh, but oh, yeah, for sure, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But but sometimes we'll let fear cripple us to the point where we never do anything, and they, and we constantly just stay within our comfort zones. You know, because I mean, that's safe, you know, in your mind, subconscious mind that that's your, you know, your safer barrier, you know, it's like, okay, being in my comfort zone is makes me feel okay. But stepping out of that, unfortunately, you know, sometimes that's where the things that you want are going to be at is outside of your comfort zone. And if you don't get out of it, then you'll never be able to experience all the, you know, all the things you possibly could because, you know, you held back. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. I like to think in the moment, if it's tomorrow Mm -hmm. or next week or next month, and I think I'm going to look back on this moment and regret not trying something, that's when I push myself to do it. And just try, I mean, if you try and can't do something or you right. try and fail, or you get on that roller coaster that looks really frightening and you hate it when you get off, well, then now you know, right? Yeah. But like, if you if you don't, you don't know what you don't know. So mm-hmm. if you don't get on it, how are you ever gonna, how are you ever gonna know what you actually really like?
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, you have to be, willing to like take that chance on yourself. Um, Mm. you know, and I think that I, I just think that's something that and it's not just, you know, I think it's like all the way around, especially women, we tend to be the worst at that, like not taking chances on ourselves. And we hold back whether it's like societal norms, or you know, that have held us back or if it's just things that we put with, you know, just on ourselves, like self sabotage. And yeah, it, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and it's like, it's <laughs> crazy, because especially now as an adult, like, I realized, just in my journey through life, how much I have self sabotaged my own destiny, right? Mm. Like Because, you know, it's like you because, and unfortunately, some of it is societal. Because if you think about it, and and you know this being, you know, I mean, the, obviously, this kind of goes into your book, right? But <laughs> but it's true. Like you know, you cater more to like teen, you know, young teens and tweens. But I mean, even w- older, you know, women can even relate that, you know, when we're a lot younger. We're we're pretty much we we're pretty much invincible, right? Like we feel like we can take on the world, and like nothing keeps us from doing that. And then once we're in that middle stage, it's like the outside world becomes like kind of like you met, you know a dark kind of like a dark and scary place, and it starts to like bring all this negativity into you that you'd never had before, and it it yeah. crazy, for sure. I think.
1: I think for girls, uh, and I, honestly, this I think is probably the same for boys, mm-hmm. right? Like, or you know, males who might not fit like the sporty, active mold, right? When right. when girls don't fit the girly mold, I mm-hmm. mean, and I think today we're doing a lot better job of this. Right. than We did when you know you and I were little, mm-hmm. but you know, I wore my brother's clothes. Um, I was, you know, what in our day we called a tomboy I wanted to climb trees I wanted to fish in my backyard Mm. I wanted to trade baseball cards and collect micro machines and um you know it just and and I was always on the monkey bars I was Mm -hmm. in gymnastics and I was always moving and 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 uh you know that wasn't ladylike yeah right you know and I didn't like dresses I wanted to be in again my brothers like hand me down dukes Mm -hmm. of hazard t-shirt right yeah and 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 that that was just what i was comfortable with and Mm -hmm. i did get made fun of for that and i think as a little child Mm -hmm. i did not care That i started to care once I hit that like fourth grade phase, mm-hmm. when other girls start to really make fun of you for right. being different or, you know, wanting to dress that way or, mm-hmm. um, and I think I would on the outside say stuff like, well, you know, sticks and stones can make, break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But of course words hurt me. Yeah. Um, you know, they do hurt and, and you can portray whatever you want to the world uh but internally you you know we all have struggles and i think that was the thing any adult who knew me in fourth fifth sixth grade would have said what a bright confident young girl i would talk to anybody i was totally capable and comfortable speaking to adults and other kids and very friendly and extroverted but Mm -hmm. internally i really struggled with my appearance with what yeah. other people were thinking. I, I was always ruminating and imagining what mm-hmm. other people were thinking of yeah. me. And um, and I put thoughts in other people's minds that I, I'm sure were not there, right? Right. Uh, and and I think looking back as an adult, I thought, well, if that was what I was doing, I wonder what the more shy and quiet girls were doing yeah. or the ones who were made fun of a lot, you mm-hmm. know, I wasn't made fun of a lot. Um, but there were definitely those kids who got made fun of all the time, right. they were, you know, targets for getting picked on. And um, I don't know, I just think it's, it's this universal time where your body starts to change, mm-hmm. everything starts to change, yeah. and you start looking at other people to to tell you who you are, as opposed to your family or what you might have, you know, been confident in when you were a little bit younger, mm-hmm. and it, it's a really hard time. So. Um, you know, I love speaking truth that girls are, and women are worthy and beautiful as Mm -hmm. they are, um, especially at that age range, but also, you know, like into adulthood. Like, I think we all carry these wounds from that time period. Maybe not all of us, but a lot Mm -hmm. of us do, um, that, you know, and just lies we've told ourselves over the course of our lives, um, in our internal, uh, Ticker tape, you know? And and um, you know, we just have to it helps to normalize that. What I wanted to do with the book was normalize that, but also just um tell girls that there is another way, you know, like you're not the only one. It's Mm -hmm. you know, everybody struggles with this, or it's very normal, I'd say, to struggle with this. And it's okay. Um, but like let's let's think through the things that make you who you are and why that's beautiful and worthy
0: right yeah no and i agree with you on on that because uh like and you know and it's not just societal stuff too because sometimes your family can be pretty (laughs) you know harsh too you know because if you're because unfortunately sometimes family can be your worst critics you know um and so you know just even growing up in an environment where you might have got made fun of by family members too you know like that can really affect affect you know somebody's self-esteem and how they feel about themselves and that confidence and having that lack of confidence makes it harder just to you know just to be in this world because it's like you know you have to I mean this world's an extroverted world right um Mm -hmm. but if you're you know and if you're not extroverted and you're an introvert for specific reasons, especially not having confidence and lacking self esteem, right? It's very hard to maneuver mm-hmm. throughout the world, you know, because, you know, you're, you're not really standing up for yourself, you're not really advocating for yourself, you're not, you're just kind of taking things from people, you know, it, just taking things like no matter what people tell you. Um, and you're just instead of like, standing up for yourself and dealing with confrontation, you hide all the time, mm. so you tend to be manipulated yeah. more, right? You tend to be um, the person that always compromises because you just don't want to, like, possibly fight with someone with someone because you don't want the confrontation. Um, it, yeah, I, yeah. I feel and see. I was that girl because I was always like afraid to push that boundary with people, you know, because I didn't want to make anybody mad at me. You know, cause I didn't want to have to deal with that confrontation at all, because, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, that, that person's not going to be mad at me if I, if I always do what they want, but that's the problem. It's like, then you, you mm-hmm. compromise a, a piece of you because it's like, then you will never do what you want. Cause you're always catering to other people. And that that's literally what I did. I catered to other people mm-hmm. my whole life to the point where Mm. when I became an adult and then had kids, it was like I had an identity crisis because I didn't truly know who I was as a person. Wow. Because I had always been doing everything that everybody else wanted, what my parents wanted me to do, you know, where to go to school, what to even major in. Like everything with my parents was lined out from pretty much the day I was born. Mm. Like I didn't really have, choices a lot of choices growing up so because my whole life was pretty much planned out for me when i became when i turned 18 and i was out on my own i went wild because i Mm. had no structure anymore and i knew i didn't know what to even do with my life because everything had been structured for me to where i'm going i mean it was like cold turkey like i went from having everything lined out what i could do what i couldn't do to having no structure at all and it's like figure it out on your own and wow that's like a major (laughs) identity crisis and i was like sink or swim right that's literally what i went from and and i had a child on my own like i was 18 with a child and just out there do, trying to do it all on my I own. I mean, that's
1: incredible that you were able
0: to navigate that, though.
1: Right? It, it, was,
0: it was rough. And then it's like, then I met my husband. I met him when my mm. youngest daughter was six months old. And wow. we've been together ever since. But it's crazy wow. how, like, I had to hit, like, that rock bottom in order to mm. come up you know but obviously i would never want any woman or young girl to ever experience those type of things you know because you know that's not because i've lived that but at the same time it's like sometimes you have to go through those type of lessons to be able to get to where you're supposed to be um and yeah yeah it, it, and it's rough and like i know and some people will say like oh you know when it comes to because some people when it comes to spirituality they'll bypass and they'll kind of say oh well you know you know, everything happens for a reason, right? But of course Mm. there's certain things that it's like, oh my gosh, that should never happen to anybody. I don't care what (laughs) it is, right? Because it's like, I mean, because it it can be extremely horrible things that no person should ever have to go through. But unfortunately sometimes that's what we have to go through in order for our stories to become what they are um well and and also we live we live in
1: a broken world like this is not the way it was designed to be initially at least that's Mm -hmm. what i believe and so i I, like not that you know my belief system is such that i don't believe that god is like orchestrating terrible things to happen in my life right right but i believe that god can redeem Mm -hmm. any thing that happens to anyone. Like right now, I'm you know, I referred to my husband earlier. And you know, that just comes out sometimes, yeah. but I'm in the middle of a of a divorce and I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Right. And especially, you know, my heart is just broken for our children. Yeah. Um, and this isn't the story that I would have written for my life or their lives or, you know, my still husband's life. Right. But it is where I am. It's where I find myself. And so do I believe that God orchestrated this divorce? No, not necessarily, but I believe that he's allowing it. And, 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 you know, whether you look at that as the same thing, allowing Mm -hmm. or orchestrating or two different things at the end of the day, what I believe is happening is it is getting redeemed for good. It will Mm -hmm. all get used for good somehow. I might not see that right now. I might not know it right now, Mm -hmm. uh, but I believe it. Yeah. And you know, And I want to touch back on something you said earlier about the introverted, extroverted thing, because Mm -hmm. not only am I super extroverted, but I am incredibly uh, confrontational and almost to like a combative point. Mm -hmm. And I've worked on that a lot as an adult. But as a child, I was, um, you know, really antagonistic with Mm -hmm. my parents and I was very strong willed. And um, and I think that that was really tough for them. But also it didn't change things like when i would when i would talk back to them and Mm -hmm. i would you know stomp my foot and in protest and you know just argue with them um it didn't it never really got me what i was looking for Mm -hmm. which which was a voice and so i think I think, you know, cause some things just were the way they were and Mm -hmm. and I didn't get them explained to me, you know, it's just like, no, you have to do X, Y, Z and you don't get a say in it. Right. And Mm -hmm. part of that is just being a child. Part of that is just growing up. But I think whether you're introverted or extroverted or whatever your natural personality is, um, when you're in that place that you feel voiceless, Mm -hmm. that is, that is the kind of thing that stamps out your risking, right. um, sort of standing up for yourself mm-hmm. in honesty, right? right? Like, so whether you're extroverted or introverted, if you're in a situation as a child where what your hopes and dreams are, don't really matter mm-hmm. because someone else is dictating how your life is going to go. Right. First of all, I don't think that's going to end very well for anybody no. in that relationship. But I also think um, when you grow up, you mm-hmm. can still find your voice, no right. matter who you are, no matter what your personality is. You, It's never too late to find what makes you tick, mm-hmm. to find what your passions are, what your dreams and hopes are, what your calling is. You know, I believe each of us has a purpose. Yeah. and. Um, You know, taking that back to driving, like I, I'm not sure what God is going to use having me at the track for, (laughs) right? Like, and I'm not even sure. Like, I want to race. Like, that's where I want to go. But right now, in my life and my circumstances, that's just not in the cards at this very moment. Mm -hmm. However, if that doesn't change, that I still want to do that. That's still a hope of mine. It's still a dream of mine. And I think, um, and it's, and I'm passionate about it. So I'm finding ways to pursue that passion right Mm -hmm. now. Through DE, you know, through high performance driver education, yeah. events, HPDE events. And the racing may or may not come, right? But but I'm still feeding that passion that I have and finding ways to do that um, even in this season
2: right. that
1: I'm in. And I think that that's, that's really freeing when you mm-hmm. come to a place where you grow enough that you are willing to and this is going to be a mom thing a little bit <laughs> and you're going to get this and yeah. hopefully you know all the moms listening are going to get this but like you know there's that saying if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy yeah i'm not sure that i necessarily like believe that mm-hmm. but there is something to be said for um your children seeing you pursue things that make you happy yeah. Um, You know, I think the mom guilt that we experience for taking time out for ourselves is different than what dads might feel for taking out time for themselves. Um, and I can't prove that, right, because I'm not a man. But I can say that over and over and over and over again, um, I think that women who have children have all these responsibilities that we we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we carry um, that sometimes teaching the lesson to our kids that we just can't do like we can't do everything for them that mm-hmm. we might you know, like taking time out to do something that we enjoy is is okay. and when they when you do when you go and do that and you see that they survive it <laughs> <like they're laughs> okay when you you're away for a whole day doing something you love right um, I think that they also realize that, you know they're gonna be okay mm-hmm. when mom's not around yeah um and they learn to they learn slowly but surely yeah. as they grow um you know how to make a sandwich oh my gosh yeah and how to you know like do the things they need to be able to yeah. do when they do flee the nest right right and they they do all of a sudden find themselves on their own mm-hmm. so i might be going off on a tangent here but
0: no um, actually i love what you, know, you cover about the whole thing about like, okay, our kids, like about our kids leaving the nest because i'm actually i'm actually going through that right now my oldest daughter you know yeah. is 18. She, you know she turned 18 in may she doesn't live at home anymore she lives um with my parents right now because she's going to college out there and they live like 10 minutes yep. from campus so so it was better for wow. her to just go live out there you know um to be able to go to school so um, and, and actually I was very shocked that she wanted to go to the same school that I went to, <laughs> um, cause it's, it's the college that I went to for a short period of time, actually when I was pregnant with her, cause I had to walk up six flights of stairs oh to class gosh. and stuff while I was pregnant. So I totally, wow, like, it's funny that she's going to be like in the same, you know, the same classes and everything that i was probably in i was in what is that like for you it's crazy because it's like oh my gosh like i have a kid old enough to go to college now um but yeah so because she's um she's starting at the community college first which i told her that's great because get all your like you know your general education classes out the way because then you can go to ul and and do all like your you know your main like concentration stuff you know because you get a lot of that stuff out the way, um, and yeah, so no, was like,
1: absolutely, yeah. It's it's almost like you said that like it's inferior or something. Co- community college is fabulous. Yeah, it's, it's that's why it I is was a like, very inexpensive way to get the courses yeah. down that you're going to be forced to take no matter where you go. Yeah, honestly, um, I, I wish
0: I would have done that instead of going to you know um going there because actually um after that because i i just couldn't take the workload i ended up Mm. going to the technical college and i majored in accounting and i was literally one i was literally one semester from graduating but i had to drop out um, and I, what, because you that. had a baby? <laughs> well, well, no, actually, actually, I, I had already had her, like she was an infant and I was going yeah. to classes and That's it got amazing. so hard for me to do that work. I was working mm. three jobs and going to oh, school my with her, like to where I yeah. barely saw my kid because luckily my mom lit, uh, she would, um, like my mom was working at a daycare and my daughter was able to actually go to the daycare with her and oh, i was so amazing. lucky and very fortunate for that because um you know they knew that i was you, you know not able to really afford it and the lady the uh the people that own the place out of the kindness of their heart they just let my mom bring her there for free because wow. they didn't have, they didn't have uh, the classes she had. They didn't have like, a enough, um, they didn't have enough kids, you know, um, cause like they have to the meet capacity of like so many kids and things like that to get right, their right. license. Yeah, of so uh, luckily they had a spot open and they just gave it to me. Um, you know, the class that my mom, my mom was over, um, and I'm very, I'm very happy that they were able to do that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because that helped yeah, that helped me a lot until I got on my feet to where I could start paying them because I told them that like, once I, you know, had a really good job, which that was whenever I, I left school, luckily I had enough experience between working for my parents. Cause my mom taught me accounting because my mom and my dad owned a business and that she taught Mm. me how to do accounting and payroll. And I did their payroll for them when I was 10. Like I started working for my parents when I was 10. So I had all that experience plus, plus I went to college for it. So at like 18, I'm Mm. joining the corporate world as an accounting manager for a fortune 500 company
1: and oh my gosh yeah I was just very fortunate
0: and so I had you know so I was able to finally like pay them because I was able to you know um pay them for her you know for her to stay there so yeah yeah so
1: how much easier does your daughter have it I'm just curious
0: (laughs) um She, she has it a lot easier than me, but I'm so glad though. I'm so glad that she's not in that situation that I was in. Um, and it's like, it's come full circle for me because it's like, that's one thing that I always taught my kids. I'm like, Hey, look, I know things happen. Like I'm not, I mean, obviously I got pregnant at 18, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, look, if you truly do not want to have kids you know or or you or you're not even sure if you would even want to have kids right um down the line um i would advise you to not take the route that i took to get where you want to be you know um and and honestly i'm just i'm very fortunate that my daughters are amazing like i love them to death and Mm -hmm. i'm so glad Mm -hmm. that they are not going through a lot of the struggles that I went through. I don't think anybody wants yeah. their kid to do worse than they did. Um I think they no. all yeah they, I, I think we all across the board always want our kids to do better than us. Um I mean if you don't my language but you're a shitty parent if you truly don't want your kids to be happier than you are i have to say it because like i know there's some parents out there that are like that and that and that's horrible because you should never want your kids to do worse than you do or you know or yeah you you should want what's absolutely bad for them exactly exactly yeah and i'm um, 100 and it's like i to me it's a no-brainer like yeah. i want my kids to be successful and to live their lives and if they want to have kids great that's great i have grandchildren if i don't get any grandchildren that's okay we'll just all you know take trips around the world and stuff like that you know because yeah. like you know because eventually my husband and i are going to be retired and we will just you know we'll be able to hang out at I mean, be able to hang out with our with our kids. I mean, right? Yeah, we're literally gonna be empty nesters in three years. And to me, that's insane. But because my my youngest daughter's 15. So in three years, I'm gonna be an empty nester, because she's wanting to go to LSU for mechanical engineering. But wow, LSU now, even if you live like we literally live like 15 minutes from the campus like she could literally drive to LSU like it it would take it wouldn't even take her 20 minutes that's even with traffic so because of that though they've made they well I'm hoping they've changed it but the last time I heard They were making it where it's mandatory for you to live in the dorms for your first year, no matter where you live. So even if you live like five minutes up the road, like some people do, because there's a lot of people that live, you know, right around LSU. Um, But if you live five minutes away, you have to go live in the dorm for your first year. And so mm. I don't know if they've changed it or not, but the last time I heard they, that's what they were doing. And so if that's the case, she's going to have to go live in dorms that are literally 10, 15 minutes away. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we will we'll end up being like empty nesters for like the first year. And she told, she, cause she told, she told us that she's not going anywhere. Like she wanted to actually live at home and go. and drive the classes. So uh, yeah, like she's with us forever. Like she pretty much told us that like we're not getting rid of her. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And it's funny because I keep telling her I'm like, you know, you're really not supposed to like want to hang out with your parents. Um, you know, that's not really a thing. Like we're supposed to kind of like, you know, I mean, you can want want to hang up out with us sometimes but like you know go off with your friends and go do your own thing but she she would (laughs) rather be at the sweet she she'd rather be at the racetrack that's her thing yeah and she's like i you know she associates that with us because obviously that's her way there (laughs) so right she's more worried about that than anything and so she's like no i don't want to because that means i have to miss the races you know if she goes off somewhere so she doesn't want to miss it and it's like i love that but she's definitely her dad's child because Mm -hmm. i mean the fact that like she will turn down racing now the only thing that she will not turn down is dances like going to like homecoming Mm. prom things like that she will not turn that down that's something that like if, it, if it's on a weekend where we're racing, we're not racing because she's going to that. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Wow. That's like the only way you could possibly get her to like be okay with not going racing is if she's going to a dance.
1: <laughs> she sounds like my kind of girl because I love a, da- a good dance too.
0: <laughs> yeah. T- uh, yeah. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I was like, that's but, but it's funny because that's what she gets from me. I loved the dances in high school, like high school, high school was kind of rough for me, but that was one thing that I loved was that Mm -hmm. and going to like football games and things like that. Like, that was my favorite stuff. Um, and I actually got on the school newspaper as the sports editor because I knew that I would get to travel <laughs> with the teams the team, to be, able, to, yep. to be able to go to like the out, like, cause whenever um, like our football team went to the playoffs and stuff, like state, you know, that was all yeah. further away. So like that took yeah. me to like Monroe, which is like the very top of state, you know, it's right on the wow. border, Uh, you know, uh, um, and I, loved it there so much i actually applied to go to college there um wow. because I, I i loved the area because we stayed you know we stayed for uh, like we stayed there for a few days like we stayed in a hotel you know everything um and i loved it up there um so wow. i wanted to like i actually wanted to move up there and go to college there and yeah but you know i'm, I'm kind of glad that it didn't happen because obviously i probably wouldn't have met my husband you know because i would have been in a totally different area <laughs> right well and so that's such an interesting point like right
1: there you can mm-hmm. see like it the situation you were in with this six month old where yeah. you were living you ended up meeting your husband who now you have your own daughter with mm-hmm. right and and it's it just it's like what you just said you if you had done the thing that you thought was your dream the thing that you thought was what you really wanted if that had Mm -hmm. happened for you your life would look different
0: oh yeah and it would have been way different your
1: life yeah but like the life you have is a life that's beautiful
0: yeah
1: right and so i think that right there is some of that evidence of you know you don't get that when you're a kid when you're a child you don't you can't see that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. you know like all you see is the hard thing that you're living through right now this moment every this moment feels so big and so huge and the Mm -hmm. struggle you're in or whatever it could be right? right all the unfair things that can happen to all of us whether it's divorce or your parents getting divorced or getting pregnant at 18 or getting cancer or you know all these things that happen to us yeah right that we don't necessarily choose. Um, but, like, if you had been able to see your life right now mm-hmm. as that 18 year old, that probably would have been really comforting. But we just don't yeah. get to do that. Right? right. We don't get to see the other side until we go through the hard thing.
0: Right. Yeah, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Because I mean, because it's normally the lesson, the lesson is what comes first, you know, mm-hmm. and then the result from that lesson, what, and then obviously that's going to be your choice, right? Whether you're gonna, right. going to, you know, go the negative way or the positive way, um, and right. you know, and depending on which one you choose, that whether, well, I mean, or you can even do it as red, red pill, blue pill, right? You take mm-hmm. one of them, one of them is going to determine your destiny, because every single every single move that we make through life, you know, is what causes our timeline. And so no matter what you do, like, I mean, like, for example, I could literally, picking up this plate right now that I just picked up in my hand. <laughs> just doing that one thing can literally change every single outcome, you know, because I mean, we have to put that into existence, right? Like I had to think about it, I had to look at it, whatever, and make the reaction. So yeah, it's like, we don't, I I think we, we we like, we just kind of because it's so normalized. I think we just we don't realize like how powerful we are as people, Mm -hmm. as beings, because every little second, every little thing that we do is literally like we're actually having to make that decision, like in real time and extremely fast. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, our literally our brains are going miles a minute and like and we and half the time we don't realize it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's some, it's really interesting and it's very powerful. And, you know, people don't realize that we're extremely powerful people, just spiritual beings. And we, we kind of take that for granted and we kind of act like we're not like, we don't realize how powerful we truly are, until like, we really start to actually think about it, like actually have deep thought about it. And most Mm. of us don't take the time to even be still and be present and be in the moment with things anymore. I mean, because I mean, because of this. Mm. Right?
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's because of that. It's because of our phones. We literally like i mean i remember growing up as kids going to concerts all the time because my dad was in the music industry you know he uh-huh, did like okay. stage and lighting for like many many like major artists like boys to men brian mcknight wow. i mean people like that and my, and my dad had his own re- record company which he still has um but you know he mainly like deals with local artists but he you know growing up around music going to concerts i remember going to concerts all the time I, I even did it you know as a as an adult that's some that's one thing that my husband and i that's like our major like special interest i guess you could say as concerts mm-hmm. you know we've gone to concerts you know t- together like many times we've been to multiple concerts i mean the crazy thing is my last concert that i ever went to was here in baton it was in baton rouge um and it was insane clown posse and um and (laughs) i don't know who that is okay um be honest if you look them up you'd be like oh my god i did not know that you were into that type of stuff but yeah um i went we went see them and um it's crazy because you know it it's like most people wouldn't look at me and think that I'm in the metal and things like that, like death metal, honor kind of stuff like my, like my music taste is all over the place. But that's what yeah. happens when you grow up at with a dad who was a DJ, and he still is a DJ, yep. even to this day. Um, and it's like, you know, I was exposed to so much different types of music growing up because of that that like my music taste is all over the place. Like I can listen to almost anything. Yeah. But it yeah, that's what, you know, that's what brought us together as music, you know? Like I mm. mean, that was something that we bond off of is music. Like the same thing with my kid, you know. She like like her her favorite like her favorite band is limp biscuit and like limp biscuit doesn't like they're they're not even really relevant anymore yeah they're i was gonna
1: say like that's old
0: right exactly that's like really old but she loves them okay when their new album came out like not that long ago because like they finally put out an album and it's been like god knows how long years yeah like my husband pre-ordered it because Mm -hmm. that's huge for him too but she like, that's what she listens to. Like she will listen to that album on repeat, like Mm. all the time. Um, She watches their videos all the time on YouTube. Like, and it's crazy because she's into all the, a lot of the music that we're into. Now she does like some other stuff that we just don't get into. Right. But but she does love a lot of the things that we're into. And it's like, I, I love that as being a parent, because we get to share p- a piece of us. I mean, because they are a piece of us, right? I mean, literally it took the two of us to make her. And it's like, yeah, you, she's literally a piece of your soul. Right. And so it's like, if yep. you nurture that and not harm it, right, you know, and you nurture your child, I mean, you're you don't realize how much you are like them. You know, I mean, well,
1: and i would say that it's a huge honor to mm-hmm. have your
0: child want
1: to spend time with you once yeah. they get to a certain age right yeah. and so what i hear you saying is your 15 year old daughter yes she likes some of the same music that you do but she also likes some other music that's different and mm-hmm. that's okay with you yeah. right like that's allowing your child to be who your child is and yeah. to do the things that um, are important to her and pursue like her likes and dislikes and you know they they are such a piece of you and it's amazing how you can look at them and see oh my gosh you know she just did this or <laughs> he just did that and it's it's it kind of catches you off guard sometimes and even right. takes your breath away some of the similarities and yet they at the same time are their own unique beings mm-hmm. with their own you know no one else has ever lived on this earth who's exactly like your daughter or my right. children or you know like and so um it's they're a piece of your soul but they're also their own unique person and that's just mm-hmm. the coolest thing to think about when they when you parent in such a way that they right. feel free to be who they are yeah and who god created them to be
0: yeah no and you're absolutely right because yeah i mean there's a reason why we are created the way that we are i mean that's why all of us are different is because we're created in the image that we're supposed to be um and yeah and so yeah like i feel because of that we are our own people um and why would i want my daughter to be exactly like me you know like or exactly what i want to create her to be like that that yeah. gives them no indi- you know no individuality and you don't want that like you don't want it to be a full collective where like it becomes <laughs> a cult right because everybody's mm-hmm. brainwashed to believe what what you know the main person tells them to believe you know there's a difference between being a regular collective and then being a cult a cult is when you don't want to ever hear the opposite you know you completely tune out everything besides Mm. your own thoughts your own feelings you become very selfish and not you know in a a bad way right because you don't want to hear anything else besides what makes you happy Mm. when we're supposed to be a collective right so that means we might not always make everybody happy of course because you know there's going to be people that are always the opposite of us that don't want right what we want but if you can come together in some way to make you know to make your life and other people's lives b- better you know and, mm. and make other people happy as well and you can be happy too at the same time that to me that that means more than anything it's like you want that's what you want you want people to be able to come together and be happy. Um, and just having pure yeah. happiness and joy. Like, you know, we're not here to be like unhappy. That's not what we were put here for. Nobody wants us to be completely negative and completely not like not balance. I mean, there's a reason why we're supposed to have balance, you know, yin and yang, or, you know, whatever, however, you want to go, go by that or divine, feminine and divine masculine, you know, you're supposed to have both like, you're not supposed to be just one sided. Um, Because, you know, same thing with left brained and right brained, you don't want to be all left brained, you know, you want to still have some creativity, right? Because without that, without that balance, we're not full we're not full human you know to be a human is to be a high hy- like a hybrid so you're supposed to have you know multiple things you're supposed to have both the masculine and the feminine put together um and i feel that that's the issue here it's that people are just not thinking you know they're only thinking one sided in everything you know
1: yeah well um there's a pastor i like to listen to his Mm -hmm. name's andy stanley i listen to a lot of his sermons and one of the things he says over and over again is Mm -hmm. everything a person does makes perfect sense to him or her
0: right (laughs) Right? oh no (laughs) i mean it's true (laughs) it's true and
1: so like when 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 we look at other people and oh my gosh i can't believe so and so did that but like then i have to reframe that in my own mind oh that person did that because it makes perfect sense to him or her like that's the only reason why any of us does any of the things we like even if it's a bad decision in the moment Mm -hmm. it made perfect sense yeah um and and i think that that's a good it's a good check because you know we're just not going to see eye to eye on everything and Mm. and thank god we don't god that you know there are some things that are kind of more black and white and then there are a lot of things that are a lot grayer. yeah and that's what adds color to the world Mm -hmm. and you know the world doesn't need another christine virgin Mm, no you know (laughs) there's only one of me for a reason yeah um and and so like bringing it back to children like my kids are all unique individuals and Mm -hmm. they're all so different from each other um in very beautiful ways and so i love that you know yeah. i can see pieces of me in each of them but then mm-hmm. i can definitely see and i can see pieces of their dad in each of them yeah right? and then i can see purses pieces that are just completely unique to, to them right um so and i think that that's really cool
0: yeah it is and also just seeing your kids grow up and become like different people because obviously, you know, really? uh, you know when they're when they're really small, obviously there's certain interests that they had that they might not have whenever they're you know a lot older or whatever. But it's it's like seeing them evolve as people is what I love about being a parent. Because seeing my kids when they're little. Oh, I feel like I'm about to cry. (laughs) Oh (laughs) well, it's because, you know, like you don't realize how how fast time goes. Like I still can't believe it's been 18 years since I gave birth to my first Mm. child. Like it doesn't feel Mm. that long at all. Like eighteen years feels like it flew by and it's mm-hmm. just crazy because you would never think that 18 years would feel that fast but it's like it didn't hit me until my daughter left you know Aww. like i'm like my gosh like she's an adult now like it, it it's mm-hmm. still crazy to me <laughs> you know and with my youngest like in three years she's gonna be an adult too and it's like oh my gosh, like, it's crazy that in three years, like, I don't have any babies anymore, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, Mm -hmm. it, it hits you like a ton of bricks, but see also it kind of puts it in perspective for me, for my mom, like when my mom went through this, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it was hard on her when all three of us finally left, you know? um and and now i kind of relate (laughs) you know because i know i'm going to know what that feels like when my youngest leaves and it's like oh my gosh i see why i see why it would affect you know other moms that have gone through that well because i mean well some moms you know tend to go through this a little bit later in life like <laughs> you know i mean cuz i know like most of my friends like when their um like brothers and sisters were going off to college their parents were literally my parents age right now you know mm-hmm. um, yep and so um i guess for me it felt weird because it's like i'm not you know i'm not in my 50s or 60s right like with kids going off to college i'm like right i'm going to be 40 like i'm you know of it's yeah. kind of crazy to me um and so yeah it i guess it just kind of threw it all in perspective you know for me because it's like wow yeah i am very young to be like having my kids already leave <laughs> you know like, well may, maybe you and your daughter when she turns 18 we'll both
1: be part of your family racing team like maybe you'll (laughs) like me take up driving at age 40.
0: (laughs) Hey I mean it's crazy but like that that was something that, like I always kind of like I don't know I always told myself I don't know if I could do that I actually jumped in I've actually jumped in my my husband's go-kart before um yeah the you know oh gosh that was so many years ago i'm not gonna lie i loved it i i did mm. um that mm. the part i did <laughs> because it was <went> lower <laughs> to the ground and i could actually see everything you know it made it ah. easier see like i because i am I'm, I'm not that tall right i'm like i'm just a, right. like I'm five three and so i can't see like and my husband's late model I can't even see past yes. the steering wheel. Don't worry; they've got you. Can just sit on like blanket, like
1: literally to drive the. So I have a driving instructor who mm-hmm. let me drive his Supra a couple of weeks ago, and you know, racing seats don't move, right? And he's yeah. whatever he is five ten, and I'm five four and a half, right? right. So like, I just sat on like the, a sweatshirt and something else, and I could. I, he was like, "Can you push the pedal all the way down?" <laughs> Meaning. We were more concerned about the gas than the yeah. Um And I was like, yes, yes, I can. And, and, you know, and so it was like, all right, we're good. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure I can see enough, but I could see enough. But mm. like, yeah, it's a little scary, right? I can see yeah. how that's scary feeling. Like you can't, you can't get the view you want, mm-hmm. um, but but I felt comfortable enough to drive that car. You should just go drive. I mean, you just gotta just sit on something. Put some yoga blocks in there if you have to.
0: <laughs> oh, yoga <laughs> blocks makes sense. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I makes mean, sense. Just,
1: just you gotta figure it out. You gotta figure it out and get behind the wheel.
0: You can do it. <laughs> I honestly, I would do. I would do a car, um, like a like. A, um, now we were doing. Um, go-karts but on dirt i don't like that i actually prefer mm-hmm. like on the road course because we actually did it one time at uh nola motorsports park um they have okay. they have a they actually have a karting league out there but um you know we weren't we we just went out there for fun like you could pay and go raise for fun out there and we did it on the road course and i liked it um i actually had a lot of fun um i lo- mm. i like go-karts i i I'll i drive a go-kart all day <laughs> like,
1: yeah i i'm a, i'm a big fan of karting too but yeah. i haven't done very much of it but it's a lot of fun
2: um
1: yeah. but i've never done dirt yeah um dirt, it, dirt's
0: totally different <laughs> so my daughters raced um uh, yeah. in in the carts and they did it on dirt and they loved it um but but my young my my but then they wanted to do motocross um mm. and we did that for a little bit um my youngest daughter wanted to continue but my oldest didn't want to do it anymore and at the mm. time we were like well you know at the time we didn't we didn't have enough time or money i mean they were little and, you know at that time i was like for us to be able to do multiple activities and go back and forth between both you know it was kind of like right. you guys are gonna have to pick one and stick to it mm-hmm. and so um and so after that after that you know they dropped motocross and then my youngest daughter hasn't done anything yet but she said she wants to, she wants to race though she wants to race late model and my husband was like well i would have to retire first you know because i mean <laughs> buying another car right now is not it is not in <laughs> not in the uh cards right now i i yeah
1: I, yeah i did pick a very expensive sport to fall in love with yeah yeah right it's, it's like crazy it's crazy,
0: crazy yeah. how much it is and I told and and the thing is like we have another car actually sitting in the in the back you know because the car but we like Mm. um my husband you know doesn't want to put her in that car he wants to put her in this car because it's newer though the car that we the other one is a, a lot older um and he doesn't want he doesn't want her racing in it so um Mm. he wants her to race in his car and he would just get out well she's like no she's like i want i want us to race together you know she wants to do it with her dad she doesn't want to yeah you know make take his seat from him and i'm like i'm like are you serious right now i'm like i get it i get it like i mean and i love that i love that she (laughs) I love that she has the passion. I do. I love it. Um Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to get her a car. Like that is that is the the thing. Like I would want her to be able to have her own car and not take her dad's car. Like, you know, like I would rather have her own so she can drive it whenever she wants and you know, and she can race against her dad. Like that that's the goal. Like I do want her to be able to do that. So yeah. Mm, well, I mean,
1: the whole episode has sort of been about empowering yeah. girls and empowering our kids, right? Right. And so you kind of just came full circle, like that's it. Yeah. Right there. You you want that for her because you, you want I'm not going to say that's necessarily what's best for her, but right. you want her to be happy. You yeah. want her to have all the opportunities that you could possibly give her
0: yeah exactly because you know um i didn't have all those opportunities because but you know because i made sacrifices and 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 i'm okay with that but i'm glad that i made those sacrifices so they can be in the situations that they're in now right yeah and it only goes up from there You know, and then absolutely because of that, you know, then if they choose to have the next generation, right, right, then then they, you know, and can you imagine your life without
1: your eighteen year old?
0: No, no, no. There's no way.
1: No, there's no, there's no life without her. Like, Mm -hmm. there's it's impossible to picture, right? Yeah. So it would, it you know. It was meant to be her life was meant to be
0: yeah yeah um and and that's the thing it's like we're all here for a reason like we were all sent here for a reason right like we all came through yeah we all came through like all our spirits came here for a reason like you know whether that means we 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 need to learn some lessons or you know whatever Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be um our spirits are here and we're here for a reason. We all have a purpose where we all have a reason to be here. Whether that means we're redoing life all over again, if you believe in reincarnation, (laughs) you know, um, if we're redoing life all over again for the 10th, 20th time, possibly, we don't know, you know, Um, or, you know, you're doing life for the first time, right? It's like, somewhere you know in your soul you you came here with some type of purpose like there was some reason why you're here and like what you're supposed to do on this earth before you know before your time comes and i feel like unfortunately a lot a lot of us i think i feel we truly know when we're kids i feel that like because something in me just makes me feel like we know what we're here for as children, because you know, there's just certain things that children talk about, like when in their very and children are extremely spiritual, because they don't get that ripped out of them. Right. You know, at first, because I mean, you think about it, like we come into this world pure, right? We don't have Mm -hmm. anything, you know, negative that's affecting us yet, until you know, obviously our home environment starts coming in, right. But right out the gate, we don't have any, you know, anything like that. So I feel that like, we're just way more, we're way more in tuned with the spiritual world as children because we haven't let society break us down yet. It's an interesting and
1: valid perspective Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And something to think about. I, I think, um, I think you make good points. (laughs)
0: Because <laughs> I mean if you if you think about it it's like you know when that's I think that's why when we're kids we tend to be more invincible and like we pretty much feel we can take we can just take on the world it's because we don't have all these outside perspectives telling us that we can't because, you know, unless, unless it's our parents telling us that we can't, right? Like, all you have, because you don't have school yet, right? So you all you have is what your family tells you, or like people that are within your family's inner circles, right? So pretty much, I mean, if you want to think of it more on like a tribal uh, sense, right? Your your family's tribe, whether that's friends, whatever, They're the ones that influence you, right? Before you go off in the school and everything. Well, if you come from a bad home life where you're constantly told things and like your family's extremely negative, right? When you go into the real world, (laughs) you know, that already that already harms you, right? Then you come into the real world, and especially if you're like kind of like advocating for yourself a little bit because you're trying to push back, right? And then they tell you the same thing, pretty much everything that your family's told you, then you see, like, it's a constant course, like, and we know that no matter how much we want to say that the outsider's voices, whatever they say to us, don't hurt us. Let's be real. Most of us, it hurts every now and then, right? At least, you know, sometimes we'll just say it doesn't hurt, but it, but it can you know, some of us will just have tough skin and act like it doesn't hurt us. But a lot of us, it does, you know, no, you never want somebody to say ugly things about you or, you know, or be extremely ugly to you for no reason, especially Um, because some people are just like that. Um, I I feel like because you know, it's just, it's it can just be really rough, right? Whenever people are like, yeah. really, really negative and ugly to you. And it's like, you know, if you're dealing with that with your own family, it's like, how are you supposed to perceive people in the real world? You know, like, because that's all you've known, right, is how people in your that that your family keeps around are extremely negative, and mean and belittle you all the time. It's like, when you pretty much have that same perspective whenever you go out into the real world that people are going to be ugly to you too. You see what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, sense. and 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 I think I think that that also makes it harder for people to actually live out their purposes is because the ones that have had bad home lives, sometimes it's hard to unlearn all the things that your family has told you. And then what the world has told you you know, especially like in school and stuff, and then go out and go out as an adult. And then you have to think for yourself, right. Um, and I think, I think that that type of disconnect can really mess up somebody's psyche, you know, Mm the way, you know, they don't, they don't understand that not everybody is like that. Like, especially, you know, and people can unlearn things. But Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, think that, I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about, like, it's like, we, we're still very taboo when it comes to like mental health and things like that. Um, and I think that, that doesn't help our situations because it's like, you know, how are we supposed to be able to get past pretty much generational trauma because most of us have it. I mean, let's be honest, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you're good. Go ahead.
1: I I was just going to say, I think we're getting better at talking openly about Mm -hmm. stuff like this. Right. Because um, I feel like mental health is without that, we don't really have any kind of health
0: no That's you, don't. you don't you and, don't and i mean there's even medical studies that have been done where literally stress can kill you right like stress mm-hmm. can actually oh, sure. cause so much like horrible things to happen internally in your body i know i mean i'm living proof of it right now mm-hmm. i mean you know i mean going through like i i have two autoimmune diseases you know and most of that mm-hmm. comes from stress you know i have pots, so that affects my affects my heart and then i have you know i have um celiac disease so that you know that's my mm. intestines you know and then now with the n- n- you know the n- neuro issue that i'm going through right now you know i mean mm. that's why i actually that's why i took off a week <laughs> was because i actually wow. that was my vacation that was my vacation from my corporate job i spent most of my vacation in the emergency room i went to the emergency room Mm. twice during my vacation and the the sorry yeah no 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 like to me it, it it actually like it dawned on me like going through that made me realize that my like my life now like where it's at now I actually love my life the way it is because like a lot of things have changed. Like number one, now I actually have a doctor that pretty much thinks she knows exactly what I have. And I've been struggling with Mm -hmm. all of this for 20 years. And she's actually, she actually is listening to me and hearing me out and not like making me think it's all in my head and just Mm. sending me home with pain meds. She actually thinks she knows exactly what's wrong with me because when I started telling her about my medical history from the time I was six until now, she's like, I don't understand why nobody tested you for MS. Mm. She could not believe it. She's like all this time, She's like literally like I she, every single symptom that she mentioned to me and I even read mm. more into it I marked every single one and she wow. and that's why she needs those MRIs is to yeah. confirm it but she really does think I have MS and she said you literally match full blown description of like what that is and she's like, I'm not trying wow. to scare you, you know, but I'm just saying right. like, and I said, I said no. And like, I literally told her, I said, No, actually, I want to thank you. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not scared. Because I know treatment for MS has has improved tremendously. Like, there's actually a yep. nurse that works for her. My neurologist and she told me she's like, she has MS, And I'm like, are you serious? Like, I mean, she, you, you would never, you know, like she was walking fine. You know, she wasn't using a cane, nothing like that. She wasn't in a wheelchair because the people that I knew, and that was 20 years ago, right. That had MS, they were in wheelchairs or like walking with canes. Like, you know, it was taking a toll on them. Well, she was walking around like she was fine. And she's very active too. Like she lives a very active lifestyle. And I'm like, so literally you can just walk around like it's nothing and she said yeah the medications that we have now like if we're able to you know get it early um that yeah. you'll be fine yeah you might have to take medication for the rest of your life but at least you'll you'll be okay like you're not like you'll be able to live your life normally and i told and i told and I told her like i wasn't actually scared because it said the fact that number one, you have given me 20 years of my life back because I won't be guessing what's wrong with me. And then constantly going to the emergency room and being told that nothing's wrong with me. Um, Mm. you know, um, and then two, I finally know what's wrong. Right. And so I'm actually going to get the help I need. So that's why I told her, I said, to be honest, I, it's weird, but I'm almost glad that I had a sh- had practically had a stroke in the emergency room. Like mm. wow. I, I said, I and I said, I know it sounds crazy. But literally, that was the first time that I had ever been taken serious in an emergency room. Wow. So, I, and that's what I told her, I said, I, I, I hate that it had to happen that way. And I had to scare my family half to death um Mm -hmm. but at the same time i'm i'm grateful that it happened the way that it did because now i'm finally gonna be okay and healthy again and i you know to me it's like that that means more to me than anything yeah
1: i have a a family member who was diagnosed last year Hmm. and it is it's a little bit of a scary diagnosis it sounds really onerous right But it's like you said, um, treatment has come a long, long Mm -hmm. way and, um, my heart goes out to you, like, because I know a lot of people who have lived through really difficult medical issues that they Mm -hmm. just can't get an explanation for. Right. And so I understand that I don't know from my own experience, but I understand and can empathize with mm-hmm. that frustration of knowing something's wrong and feeling like you're trying to sound the alarm but nobody's listening nobody's taking you seriously so um i don't hope that it's ms because i right. don't hope for ms for anybody right but no of course not hope for answers right yeah. like i hope for
0: answers um because that sounds really hard yeah, yeah. but i mean it, it's crazy oh. because it's like I'm. Because yeah, most people would be like, oh my God, like that's horrible. I'm like, but when you've been in and out of hospitals for over 20 years and constantly being told Mm. that nothing's wrong with you or that you're crazy because nothing's showing up on an MRI because they're only doing an MRI of your brain and not your spinal cord, it's Mm. like, what what do you what do you expect it 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 just hasn't gotten to my brain yet (laughs) right because i mean it's Mm -hmm. like it might not have done any brain damage and that would make yeah you're
1: at the age where it would start to show up right
0: and yeah and see that was what she told me she said you're at high risk because of your age Mm -hmm. um and i was like and i was like well what do you mean she said because it normally is around 29 when it becomes higher risk of getting MS, especially if you have autoimmune diseases and I have two of them. So she told me that, um, and also um, she said that um, it's some, uh, there's like a study where sometimes it can be worse in women of color. So, Mm -hmm. you know, because, uh, because obviously which it would make sense because there's a lot like there's a lot of things that we tend to be kind of um, um higher risk for like sickle cell anemia and other yeah. you know other yep. things like that and um which I, I know some there's people in my family that have you know sickle cell and then you know there's just certain blood disorders and things like that that run in my family you know yep. so Yep. Um, so it kind of almost made sense to me, like when she when she started saying why I would be high risk, and I was like, "Oh, makes sense." Like, you know, I was make, uh, I was kind of making fun of it in Jean. my head. Yeah, pretty much my jeans. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and and I get it. Like, and it, and it happens because I mean, on my mom's side and my dad's side, you know. With, us being such mixed people. There's also, you know, genetic disorders on both sides, you know, where it was, yeah. it just runs in the family. So it's like, if you take all of that, plus what she's telling me and put it together and my, auto, and my autoimmune diseases is like, I think I'm pre- doing pretty good. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and, yeah. and that and like, I kind of look at it this, that way, like, it's kind of like me, me against the world right now, like in this situation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but, but I'm grateful for, for it because it's made me like, really take a step back and reflect on my life. Um, not, not in a negative way, but in a way where I'm like, okay, like, it makes me put things more in in perspective on like what i feel is truly important in my life now compared to absolutely you know because and and it's crazy sometimes it takes a like a medical scare or something like really um huge in your life sometimes or like a major milestone or something that will kind of trigger that and but i'm yeah i'm grateful for it because i'm like you know the this is i i prefer you know being being where i'm at like and this is better than where i was it's an incredible statement about who you are for you to
1: be grateful in in the season you're in right and that that is truly the growth right that's the work that's the Mm -hmm. um i feel like i do have so much gratitude and peace even despite what i'm right going through and Mm -hmm. i think um that just comes with for me it comes from my faith but it also comes with experience right like even someone without faith you know you live long enough and you start to realize what's Mm -hmm. really important and what really truly
0: matters yeah like you said yeah yeah exactly no and like and 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 like you mentioned yeah it comes with experience it's like once you get to be a certain age you really start and I noticed for some reason it tends to be around 40. Like that's when like you start giving no F's whatsoever. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> I don't know, but it's just like you hit 40 and you're like, you know what? No. And it, it it's I funny. I
1: absolutely that... care so much less what other people think of me now than I ever right? have in my
0: life. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's funny because it's like the closer you get to 40 it's like, you start giving less and less. And like, it's because and it's like, I actually had made that goal for myself, I told I told myself that, by by the time I'm 40, I will no longer be working in the corporate world. I literally gave Mm -hmm. myself the goal to 40. Because I was like, Mm -hmm. you know what, I want to be completely out because I've been working in the corporate world since I was 18. I mean i've been in this right. way too long like yeah may- maybe not <laughs> the same job but it's the fact that the corporate world just kills your creativity it killed all of it like you're just a it's like being a factory worker like no offensive factory workers that's not what i mean but like if you think about it industrial revolution no i right yeah yeah yeah, I mean, our schools yeah. changed to cater to one, you know, one size fits all and it wasn't catered to individuality anymore. You know, and that's what kills our creativity. Yeah. That's what create, you know, and yeah, like, that's why I'm like, I noticed I was so creative as a kid and so imaginative and everything. And now, it almost feels like a chore you know, it was almost feeling like a chore to do anything creative, like outside of work. Mm -hmm. And this is what, like, pretty much refueled my creativity. um, Because Mm -hmm. I didn't have anything before this, I didn't have anything before the podcast. I had tried doing a podcast before this, but it was more like, it wasn't, it wasn't about motorsports at all. It was more political, like, almost like very, like, hot take type thing. But to be honest, like, I hated it. Because I was like, yeah, yeah, like, I don't mind being controversial or whatever, sometimes, but at the same time, it was like, it, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't me like it, it, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel aligned with what I was doing. So I quit. And I was just like, I, I, I can't do it. You know, like, I bought the mic that I use, which right now, for some reason, it's having technical difficulties. So yeah, yeah, so that's why I'm not using it right now. But um, yeah, I think it's the connection. I think the connection to my computer is not working right or something. But um, Mm. I bought this, this mic. I used it to do three episodes. That's it. And then I quit. And Mm. it sat in a box underneath my bed until, until November of last year, because wow. I recorded in November, um, I recorded that whole month. I, you know, I, I, I batched my content and I put out my first episode of this podcast on December 22nd. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, and so, I mean, this podcast has only been going on for, like, right at six months. Wow. You know? Um, That's really cool. Yeah. And also, then...
1: I think we've been recording for an hour and a
0: half. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did not realize we've been on here this I... long. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I don't know. I mean, you had said you like to do an, no more than an hour. So, you know, I didn't want to
0: cut you yeah, off. Yeah. No. Actually, I don't have a problem if it goes over a little bit. Um, because I mean, if if we're talking and like, and it's all good, like to me, it's no big deal. Like, I actually have one podcast, and it's actually one of my highest ranking podcasts. And we talked for three yeah. hours. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, three hours! And I mean, but that wasn't that wasn't planned. It was just that we, I mean, we we just talked. It just and, happened. Yeah. And actually, it's it's like in my top ten of highest podcast wow. interviews. And it's crazy because I literally, but I, I couldn't cut anything out because we didn't actually repeat mm. anything. That's the thing. I re-listened I re- to the whole entire thing. We didn't repeat anything. Everything that we said, like none of it was repeated. So, wow. cause you know how like after you talk for so long, sometimes you start to like repeat topics because you don't realize that you You're talked right. about yeah. it. We regurgitate, didn't, yeah. we didn't regurgitate wow. anything. That's why I couldn't cut anything out because I was waiting for something like that, you know, to see, cause then right. I would've cut that out. No, it, everything was, it, it went on. It was a whole story pretty much, you know, <laughs> like, and there was no place to cut it. And I, I normally don't edit anyway, because it's like, that's the whole point of being unfiltered, right. It's, you know, to, for. right for you to be able to share your story and you don't have to be cut off or you don't have to be heavily edited if you say um i don't care (laughs) like you know because i probably did oh i know i have because the way that i speak i use ums and everything and i say like a lot and i say other words (laughs) you know way more than I should probably pretty excessive but it to right. me it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter. That's how I talk. I've always spoke that way. And so I just wow. like now it to me it doesn't like it doesn't like phase me anymore. It's like, oh well. Like if you don't like <laughs> how I talk, then why are you here? Like don't like yeah, don't you're listen. Not gonna listen anyway. You know, don't listen right. if you don't if you don't like the way that I speak. Um I try to you know, be as clear as possible. Um, and I think that's also why like it's crazy because people even from here don't even think I'm from here is because mm. I actually like changed my voice a lot as a kid because I was constantly like mimicking like characters and things like that, you know to almost, mm. like almost like what like people that do like voice acting and stuff do. To the point where, eventually, I didn't really know how I spoke, like, normally, (laughs) you know, because Mm. I was constantly trying to do accents and, like, kind of um, mimic, like, one of my favorite, like, Julia Roberts is, like, my favorite actress of all time. and okay. then like, also like Connie Chung, that was a news journalist, you know, back in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, I oh, yeah. loved her like, and I just loved like the, the journalist, like accent, mm. like how She was very speak. serious. Yeah. Yes. And like yeah. the, her, you know, her diction and everything the way it was. Yeah. And so like, mm-hmm. I kind of learned how to talk like based off of her like i really liked the way that she sounded and so i tried to like kind of copy that (laughs) and so that's why like sometimes um i i would sound really like a news anchor sometimes like the way that I would Mm, talk about certain things. And so I think that's why it was so easy for me to get into like, like pretty much the journalism side, like, cause I worked for a newspaper and stuff like that is because I really wanted to like go down the journalism route. Um, and that was something that like I really liked, but yeah, it's like, I almost kind of tried to embody that. Um, and that's why I was like, why not use that? Because I never got to go to school for that. But I wanted to go to school for sports casting. And I actually okay. I actually enrolled again into college at full sale because they do it online for sports casting. I wanted mm. to do that. But at that time that was around COVID. And yeah, <laughs> let's just say went through a major spiritual awakening during COVID. Um and so yeah let's just say that changed my whole entire mo- like mind about all that. And I, was, mm. I just didn't have the time between work and that and kit and the kids yeah. and everything, but it made me realize that now with social media and the way things are, why not just be a content creator? Right. Because I can do that yeah. and I don't have to go back to school. Um, right. And so that, that's what made me cre- create this podcast and talk about it's, racing and stuff. So, and you're to-
1: I mean, you're totally doing it. So it's amazing.
0: Yeah. So in, in my mind, it's like, this is exactly what I wanted, but I'm doing it on my own terms and I'm not working for somebody else. Because I would have to go like if I wanted to be a sportscaster, I would have to go like work for somebody like I'd have to go work in a new station, right? Mm-hmm. And there's going to be rules and I'm not going to be yep. able to curse and I'm not going to be able to say whatever the hell I want. Here, it's me. I own this. I have no filter. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing you yeah, know, hence the title. So it's like, yeah, like, I don't have to be held down by what somebody else tells me, like, I can say whatever I want. Now, of course, I mean, if you're a guest that doesn't want to hear that, <laughs> you know, I can try to keep it, I can keep it cleaner, right? And I don't really, and I try not to can curse too much. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're going to hear it, every now and then like i'm going to i'm gonna drop an f-bomb every now and then i'm gonna say a couple things but yeah like i just kind of leave it at that but i mean that's
1: just sometimes how it is like yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah but yeah i know we went like wild was- but i love this i'm so glad that we were able to you know talk and you get to share your story and yes so everybody go and buy christine's book do it (laughs) the beautiful list because i can tell you right now if she speaks the way that she writes and you've listened to this whole entire episode you're you're gonna you're gonna be great like you're gonna love it because it's pretty much gonna be the same i'm
1: not gonna lie i think there are some nuggets of wisdom in the book okay i just you know i think it's good it's been amazing having some older women say that it's healed places in them from their childhood you know so it's not just for tween girls even though that's the main audience the secondary audience is moms and any woman of any age and then the tertiary audience is dads right so they can understand what their daughters are going through so dads tween girls so yeah anyway Yeah. yeah thank you so much for having me on it was really lovely to just sort of share life with you. And I don't know. um, Thanks for sharing what you shared about your, what you're expecting to be your diagnosis. And I'll keep listening and and following up with you to find out what you, what you find out, because that's a big deal, a big major life change. And you're just keeping on
0: keeping on through it. And that's something to be really proud of. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a huge thing. But like, like I said, to me, it's like, to me it's like almost like closing out a chapter of my life mm-hmm.
2: because it's yep. like
0: now I know exactly what's going on and then I can move forward and I don't Absolutely. have to think about, you know, well, oh, well this is happening but I don't know what it could be. I don't know if it's serious serious or not, you know, like and having yeah. to live constantly like that in fear and fear not knowing what it is. Yeah. Like I'm I'm so glad that it's finally, you know, um, that that part is finally ending, so. Yeah, oh, good. All right, well, thank you. Hey guys, so I hope you enjoyed that episode with Christine. I know I did. Um, and honestly, it was so much fun to be able to talk about like mindset stuff and self-development and spirituality. Um that is something that's really near and dear to my heart um, that's something that I I love to talk about and so I'm glad that I was able to talk about that type of stuff with her um, And as I mentioned, all of the links to Christine's like website, her social media, everything will be in the show notes um, below and also, definitely check out her book, The Beautiful List. Um, Buy it, whether you have it, whether you have children, whether you don't have children. Um, This is definitely something that I would recommend. So you could, you know, if you have children, this is a way for you to understand your kids a little bit more and help them, you know, (laughs) go out there into the world and, and, you know, be confident in their own skin or maybe this might be a way for you to heal your inner child because you know society's a bitch sometimes (laughs) um so so yeah so definitely check that out and um and thanks so much to christine for coming on once again i do appreciate uh her sharing her story and letting people know more about her and um and guys definitely uh rate and review the podcast on whatever platform um, you are listening to it from I would really appreciate it you know I love to see all the feedback um, here about possibly any guests that you guys might want on Um, I don't have too many spots left before the end of the year I only have about two spots left I think that I could fill Um, so if there's anybody that hasn't been on that you guys might want on, let me know. Um, because I, I love to hear from all of you and, um, and so yeah, that's it guys. So, um, definitely reach out to me as well. Um, if you guys like, obviously all my links are down in the show notes too. So love to hear from you and I will see you on... Thursday for the next episode. So take care.